0: Good morning. How you guys doing today? You guys doing all right? Awesome. I want to welcome everybody to church this morning. My name is Andrew. Uh, for those of you that do not know me, I'm the lead pastor. I want to thank everybody that is watching us online right now. Thank you so much for tuning in and staying connected to Passionate Life Church. All right. We are in a very long series called Refuge, okay, Uh, a very long series, Um, and uh, we've been talking about, and I just really believe, like, this is a timely message that God wants us to understand that his people are supposed to be a refuge of hope. His people are supposed to be a refuge of courage, and last week we talked about becoming a refuge of strength. Like... God's expectation for his people are that we should be people of hope courage and strength like like that's the expectation that God has on his people and so we've just been talking about becoming this refuge this this safe place where uh, we we can be trained up and we can be encouraged in these different uh, things and and so uh, man we've just been uh, talking uh, about becoming that refuge and and so this week uh this week's message and and i I love how god does this this is not what i wanted to preach this week okay I wanted to preach on, on warfare, okay? That, that, that's who I am. I love talking about spiritual warfare and teaching on that. And, and um, there's actually been a, there's been a story in the Bible that I've wanted to preach for 10 weeks. I am not kidding. And God just keeps pushing it off. And, and again, he pushed it off again this week. And so um, this week we're, we're, we're talking about, the, the title of the message today is called The Refuge of the Crossover, okay? Now, some of you... Basketball fans are like, pastor, are we, are we talking about crossing people over right now, like the Allen Iverson crossover, like, listen, your pastor's got a pretty good crossover, like, <laughs> no, that is not your week, we're going we're to, not, that's not the type of crossover we're talking about today. The type of crossover that we're talking about today is the place in between the wilderness and the promised land. It represents a time in the middle of your past and future. And it's, we don't like to, to talk about this, we don't like to talk about the crossover, right? Because we're so busy as Americans, and we just like to go from one thing to the next to the next. And the crossover, the whole point, King David calls it a sila. okay? The Hebrew, would, he calls it a sila, which means to reflect or pause in God's presence, And so, the crossover is all about pausing in the presence of God and reflecting on what he's already done to help us make decisions for our future. And so, today, we are going to be talking about becoming the refuge of the crossover. Come on, let's pray, and then we'll get into God's word today. Father, I thank you for this moment. Holy Spirit, this is your moment. These are your people, God, and they have come to hear a word. And so, Father, I thank you, Lord, that you spoke to me this week, God, and that you have a word for all of us today, Jesus. Holy Spirit, I just pray right now that you'd open our hearts, open our minds. The people that are watching online, do the same, God. Father, I thank you that you have something to say to us today. God, I just pray right now in Jesus' name that you'd help me get out of the way all of you and none of me, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen and amen. And so what we've been doing uh, over the last several weeks, we, we've been uh, talking about the Israelites, right? We, we actually started from the beginning, right, with, with Joseph, and, and um, we started as they enter into slavery, and then uh, as they got out of slavery, right, right? Um, God leads them into the wilderness, and then uh, he gets them to the brink of taking the promised land, and they listen to fake news, right, and they went back into the wilderness for, for another 40 years until that whole generation dies off, okay? So here is a new generation. Joshua and Caleb are now leading God's people, and they're ready. Like, like they're on the brink of the promises of God. But there is a moment in between going from the wilderness and stepping into the promises of God called the crossover. And so uh, let's pick up with the story here in Joshua 3, 14 through 15. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan, and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. It was the harvest season, and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the Ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away at a town called Adam, which is near Zathan. Let's continue. And the water below that point flowed onto the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Then all the people crossed over near the town of jericho meanwhile the priests who were carrying the ark of the lord's covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by they waited there until the whole nation of israel had crossed the jordan on dry ground and so as you can see uh these the, the four priests were, were carrying the Ark of the Covenant, right? And they step into the Jordan. Now, it, it's, it's overflowing, right? It, it's, it's flooding, right? If you can imagine that for a moment, right? It's trying to cross a, a, a river that's overflowing, that's flooded, right? And so the priests are, are carrying the Ark of the Covenant, and the moment they step into the water, all of a sudden the water begins to recede, right? It begins to create a, a wall, right? And, and what, what I love... About this is that the Ark of the Covenant Represents the presence of God It represents that God was with Them like God is with us Today right and he is in the middle Right he's in the middle of the crossover, and he's in the middle of the miracle Right and so they they, they bring The Ark of the Covenant and and So they, they wait for everybody to Cross and so what's interesting Is that this is not the first time that God Did a miracle like this This is actually the second time right? And, and, and it's a different crossover that they were, they were crossing over out of slavery and into the wilderness. And we talked about the, why, why it's so important. The wilderness season was so important to uh, build trust with God. And, and, and so they, they had this crossover. And so a lot of the people were, were, that were experiencing this second miracle from God were probably children when they saw God do this the first time, right? I mean, I don't think you can forget a wall of water. Do you know what I mean? Being put up and walking across it, right? Uh, and, and so this was the second time. And what, And not only is God saying, "Hey, I am here in the middle, uh, in the middle of you. My presence is here." What He's saying is like, "I can do miracles again." Like, I'm just not a a, a one-trick pony. Like, I can do miracles again. If I did it before, I can do it again. And he's showing the children of Israel that he can do it again. And so they're crossing over. and, And in the midst, man, is the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God. Let's continue in the story, Joshua 4, 1 through 4. So when all the people had crossed the Jordan, The Lord said to Joshua, Now choose twelve men, one from each tribe. Tell them, take twelve stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out and pile them up at the place where you will camp tonight. So Joshua called together the twelve men he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel. Let's continue. He told them, Go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God, Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it out on your shoulder. And so we're talking about like some big stones, right? We're we're not talking about like little pebbles. We're we're talking about some big rocks here. Like like you gotta put it on your shoulder. Twelve stones in all, one of uh, one for each of the twelve tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the ark of the Lord's covenant went across. Another word for that word uh, covenant is testimony. God was creating a testimony for his people to look back on. Come on, somebody. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. And so what, what, what I want you to understand here, not only was it, it a, a reminder for the people, but it was also a reminder for their children and their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren because God isn't just doing something in a moment. He's doing something to radically change, transform generations. And so the Lord's like, man, I, I don't forget, okay, this is, yes, this is about you, but it's also about your kids and your grandkids and your great-grandchildren. Let's continue with the story, and then we'll, we'll, we'll break it down. So the men did as Joshua had commanded them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan River, one for each tribe, just as the, as the Lord had told Joshua. They carried them to the place where they camped for the night and constructed the memorial There. Okay, so they they bring the stones back, they create this memorial inside their camp that represents, uh, man, what God did, the miracle that God did. Joshua also set up another pile of 12 stones in the middle of the Jordan at the place where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant were standing, and they are there to this day. Okay, so... As I was going through this week, and, and again, I did not want to preach on this this passage today. Um, I, I wanted to get to the warfare, right, to to the the walls of Jericho, right. Like I, I wanted to get to that part, right. Uh, that's the fun part. And God's like, no, no, no. You need to pause. And my my people need to pause. They need to learn how to reflect and pause in my presence. And that's what God was teaching the Israelites in this moment, right? He was bringing them from a place of a wilderness season into the promised land. And he says, okay, before you enter into my promises, I need you to reflect and pause on what I've already done. And, and, and this is what I want to encourage you today. And I'm going I'm to give you an example. And I'm going to go through it with you today from my own life. And I think it's really important that we do that this week is that we go through and we look at the memorials that God has set up already in our lives. Okay? So let, let me give you an example. I know you guys like examples. So I, I did not want to bring rocks up here, okay? Instead, I'm going to use cones. Okay? Each one... Of these cones represent a memorial marker in our lives okay that's what god was was asking his people to do he was asking them to create memorial markers in their lives and the reason why god wants us to create memorial markers uh, in our lives the reason why he asked us to do that is because Life gets overwhelming sometimes, right? And, and I, I don't know about you, but last week, you know, uh, some of our staff and, and a lot of the people in our church, you just kind of felt overwhelmed, right, by, by the things that are happening in society and culture and just, every, you know, school and, and work. You just, you can feel overwhelmed. You can get stressed out and, and, and it's easy to get caught up in the things of the world and, and just lose your place. It's easy to get caught up in the things of the world and just kind of get lost in the things of the world. And all of a sudden, you wake up one day and you have no purpose, you have no direction, you're not living for the promises of God, you're just kind of floating along. And so what God asks us to do, he asks us to create these memorial markers in our life. And what it does is it helps us get back home. It helps us get back centered. It helps us get back in God's presence. And re- he reminds us, right, that the Ark of the Covenant's in the middle. It reminds us of all the testimonies that he's already done in our lives. And so what I'm going to encourage you to do this week, and you can do it by yourself, or you can, I want to encourage you to do it by yourself, and if you're married, do it with your spouse. Man, it is a powerful Uh, man, it's a powerful thing to do, just go through where God has created memorials in your life. And I'm going to go through mine, a couple of mine. And I'm telling you right now, some of you are like, oh, I don't know if there's that many. Oh, there's a lot. Okay, and I don't care how old you are. Man, God has done great things in your life already. And we need to remember what he's already done so we can step into the future that he has in store for us okay and so uh, man and i'll be honest with you th- this week man i cried when, when i when i was writing these down and i want to encourage you to write them down and, and, and man just go on this journey dawn and i did it together this week and and, and she, she cried and, and it's just a and it's, it's it's a it's a deep it's a deep thing to do to just kind of go back through and see what god has done in your life and, and, and what is it what it's gonna do if you're wondering man, well, what's the next step for me what, what should we do this is going to help you to know what God has already done and already taught you will help you in your next step in your next journey with Jesus okay alright the big one the big cone okay the, the the home base okay this is your moment of salvation okay this, this is the moment that you said yes to Jesus. Right? And and for me, just reflecting on that this week, that moment was so powerful for me. Some of you know my story. I was a drug addict for about seven years, a big-time partier, and and I just came to this moment with Jesus. and, and, And it was just a moment of understanding His grace. Right? Understanding that, man, I was a train wreck, yet He still chose me. Yet He still picked me to save me and use me and to give me purpose right and and just man remembering that time when when you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart and he transformed you into a new creation right man what a powerful moment to go back to that time saying i'm gonna follow jesus all the days of my life it just kind of recenters you makes you less judgmental at all the crazy people that you work with and live with you know what i'm saying it's like okay i was once crazy you know what i mean but now i'm a little less crazy you know what i'm saying like remembering that memorial marker in our life of salvation, that we're all saved by grace. None of us deserve it. None of us are worthy of it. But Jesus saves us anyways. Amen? And then the, the, the second memorial uh, marker uh, for me, and I'm going to try to go in order, um, chronological order, um, just to kind of help you, because y- you'll see that God did things some 18 years ago in my life, and, and he'll fulfill a promise like 15 years from that point. Like, like God always does that. It, it's, it's, he wants to see if you're gonna obey and then be faithful, okay? And, and I don't know about you, but all of us are, are impatient on God's timing, right? Though God's timing is perfect, right? He, he's, my grandfather always used to say, uh, God is never early, right? He's never late, but he's always on time, right? And, and, and and so many times what God is doing in you today, creating a memorial today, won't come to pass for another 10, 15 years sometimes, okay? Sometimes, sometimes it's a week, okay? So the second one for me was I had an issue with money. I had an issue with money. I loved money. I wanted more money. I didn't have money, but I wanted it, right? And I wanted to control it. It was about the first year uh, of our marriage, and, um, I couldn't get a job, I was struggling to get a job, and, and God just kept blocking me over and over and over again, and I knew it was the Lord, and he was just doing something on the inside of me, and Don came home from work one day, and I was, so embarrassing, I was laying face down in our one-bedroom apartment, it was about 900 square feet, um, and laying down in the living room, weeping in the carpet, okay, she was probably like, who did I marry, okay, like, What? happened to that guy, right? Like, and I was just weeping. I was just weeping before the Lord because I was broken. I was just, and I was just like, okay, I gave up. I'm, I'm giving up. I'm giving God control over our finances. And and it was just a, a memorial moment for, for me uh, because it, it was, our decision as a married couple to put God first in our finances, to give him 10%. It did not make sense financially for us to begin to tithe, okay? We, we did not have any money at all, right? And, but God was creating something. He was creating an obedience in us. He wanted to see if we would be obedient in the small before he gave us anything more. And so that became a memorial moment for us, for me that, that man I go back to, right, man man, God taught me a lesson of how to give and, and tithe and, and to be uh, generous and, and, and so the next memorial moment I, I want to check my notes because i don 't want to skip ahead okay, the next memorial moment for, for me uh, was uh, Don gotten Don had gotten into a really horrific car accident as a teenager I mean just really bad, messed up her back. Okay. Messed up her back really bad. Uh, Those of you that have had back issues, you know that you're just not, you know, grinding through a back issue. Do you know what I mean? Like, like if you got back problems, you're laid up. Do you know what I'm saying? You're not just like, oh, let me just fight through this. No, no, no. You're, you're out. Right. And she used to throw her back out sometimes two, three, four, sometimes five times a year. And it would just be weird things, like hanging an ornament on a tree, and she'd be, she'd be done, right? Like putting together a, a TV stand, and she was, she'd be done. She'd be done for days, and she'd be bedridden. And we prayed, and we prayed, and we prayed. We prayed every single day that God would heal her back. And it was, guys, listen, it was years. One day, she woke up, God healed her back. Just... One day, supernaturally, God just healed her back. And what God was teaching us in this memorial uh, marker that, that he was creating in our life is persistence of prayer. Are you going to just give up Are you going to persist in prayer? Are you going to continue to war in prayer? I mean, this is what God was developing in us, that we were going to be obedient. We were going to persist, even if it didn't make sense. Even if we didn't see results, we were going to continue to persist and persist in prayer until God did it, and God did it. And so... It became a memorial marker for us. You know, when we're we're praying and we don't think God is moving, we go back to this. Man, God, it needs us to continue to be persistent in our prayer life. The next memorial marker uh, for us was uh, leading a life group, okay? This was, uh, I, I truly don't believe that I would be a pastor today without being a life group leader first. Um... I needed to develop people skills, I needed to learn how to disciple a small group, I needed to learn how to lead a small group of people before leading a large group of people, and I remember, uh, I remember, her name is Jenny, she came up to Don and I and says, you know what, Uh, you guys would be great life group leaders, and I was like, you're talking to me, I I don't even like people, are you sure? Like... She's like, no, she was just such a sweet, like, I don't know, you guys would be great, you know. And uh, so we were leading this life group, and um, I remember, and this became a moral moment for us, one person showed up to our life group. One. You know, it's, it's you know, I think it's, preachers love to, to preach on the one, you know. Jesus goes after the one, right? You know, it's such a... Great cliche, you know, of ministry, and and well, what happens when one person actually just shows up? I'll be honest, I don't want to preach to one person every every. I, I preach to one person every day already. My wife, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to do it on Sunday too. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll be honest, right? One person showed up, and we were so discouraged in that moment. So discouraged. And I just remember the Holy Spirit speaking to me. He says, what are you going to do, Andrew, with this, this one? What are you going to do? And his name, uh, his name is Adam. And uh, Don and I were just like, Adam, we're, we're taking you to dinner tonight. Let's go to dinner. And, and so we sat with Adam for a, for a couple hours. To, we just learned about his life. And, and, and let me tell you, that became a memorial moment for Adam. Adam was just floating along in his relationship with Jesus, just kind of floating along, not really serious about God and and Scripture. And he, he tells us, to this day, that was the turning point for me. That was my memorial moment, that you guys cared enough about me. I was the only one that showed up. And you guys took me out to dinner and you poured into me. And let me tell you, Adam's life was radically changed after that. He, he was the most consistent person to all of our life groups. I mean, he was there every single week. We could always count on Adam being there. Like, like man, he was, he was gonna be there. And, and it became a memorial moment for him. And so also I want you guys to understand that your life and your testimony can become memorial moments for other people. That it's not just about you but your life and testimony can actually become memorial moments for other people. And leading a life group for us was that. God taught us so much in leading a life group. The uh, the next memorial moment uh, for for me uh, was the calling to be a pastor. Okay, I never wanted to be a pastor, like ever okay like ever ever okay I, I come from a long line of preachers okay did not want to be a poor preacher okay like did not want to do that right like Don asked me first year of marriage like I was ready to throw something right like she asked me do you think you're gonna be called to be a pastor I'm like do not say that right like I rebuke you get behind me Satan right not from the Lord and so we were living a very comfortable life. Uh, we, we bought what we thought was our dream home, 10 minutes from the ocean. Uh, we had really good corporate jobs. We didn't have kids, so we actually had money. It was great. I mean, it was wonderful. Uh, and so, and, and we just were living a very comfortable life. And then I decided to do a 21-day fast, Okay we got a fast coming up in January, okay? I just want to warn you, God's going to radically change some things in your life. He's going to speak to you. And so we're uh, at the end of a 21-day fast and a worship service, and God spoke. And he says, I've called you to start a church in Denver, Colorado, and you're going to be my pastor. And so... I was like, okay, God, uh, I don't see it, okay, uh, but I guess you see it, and so uh, it, it was about a three-year journey from that point on uh, uh, of just learning everything that we could learn, and, and we spent an hour a day, before we moved here, Don and I spent an hour a day, every single day, praying for this place, pr- praying for this land, praying for Passionate Life Church before we ever stepped foot on this ground, and, and, and Man, that was a memorial moment, that God saw something in me. And we talked about this a little bit a couple weeks ago, that God saw something in me that I did not see in myself. And this became a memorial moment uh, for, for me uh, of becoming what God saw in me. And during this time, we, we were getting ready to uh, leave Florida. We were getting ready to leave Florida. And, and this is another memorial moment inside of a memorial moment. Um, we were getting ready to leave Florida. And uh, we went through this, this church planting organization. And, and, man, they were ready to, to, to plant us and, and send us off to Denver. Uh, they had... Uh, they had put up about $45,000. We were going to raise 15000 So we were going to come here with $60,000, um, which, which seems like a lot of money, but it's really not a lot of money when you're starting a church from from nothing. And, and today they recommend about $100,000 to to start a church. And, and so we, we were going to go with $60,000. Our church was going to back us, and we, we had this organization backing us. And uh, a couple months before we were, we were getting ready to leave, uh, to, to Colorado, um, our, our pastor wanted... He wanted us to become campus pastors for him for a couple years and they didn't wanna support us starting this church. And so I had that conversation with him and I said, look, I feel like we'd be sinning if we don't leave right now, like like I feel like God wants us here that bad. And so he says, fine, we're not gonna support you and and the organization isn't gonna support you. And so in one moment we lost all of our financial backing, all of our friends and my pastor all in one moment, okay? And you want to talk about a low time in, your, in our lives. And sometimes these memorial markers are low times, right? Just, just don't think about like, man, this was a mountaintop moment. of No, sometimes these memorial markers are some of the lowest times in your life okay where you're just broken and i was so broken before the lord i lost i lost everything like we're we're literally gonna sell everything in about two or three months and move to a place that we have never been to we didn't know anybody we're literally just gonna parachute in here with a couple people like dumb plan okay unless it's god right like it's really dumb plan if unless it's god and 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 so man during that moment god's like i want the glory I don't want an organization or a man or a pastor. I want the glory. And so, Andrew, everything's been taken away from you. Are you still going to be obedient? When everything is ripped from your life, will you still obey God even when it doesn't make sense? And I said, Yes, God, we're going to go. And during that time, we had a couple people, you know, write us $1,000 checks and and say, man, we believe in you, and we believe in the call that God has for you. And and so we moved here with $7,000 in our church bank account and a handful of people, okay? Not the greatest plan, but it became a memorial marker for Don and I that we were going to obey no matter what. And and guys, man, when God speaks to you, and that's why I want to encourage you so much, man, learn the voice of God in your life. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. You need to learn the voice of the Holy Spirit and follow him because there's going to be seasons, there's going to be times that he calls you into something that does not make sense whatsoever for your life. And it's become, it, it, and you're going to have to go back to one of these memorial markers and say, "Okay, God, I saw you show up then. I believe you can show up again." Yeah, yeah. And so, I, I would say the, the next uh, memorial uh, marker for us was uh, purchasing this building. Um, again, we had, you know, we started with nothing in, in a movie theater and 75 to 80 percent of our church was uh, made up of brand new christians okay and and i don't uh, ever talk about money and so it's going to be really hard to buy uh you know a several million dollar building when you don't talk about money right and and people don't understand tithing or giving or generosity or anything okay and and but i just knew that if we were obey if we did our part, God would show up and do his part, and that's exactly what he did, and, and we, we purchased this building, and it was it's a long supernatural story from God, um, and the, the point behind that, one, one it, it fulfilled during that, the year before we moved here, Dawn and I would pray an hour a day, every day, and we had a journal, and we, we wrote stuff down that God would speak to us, and, um, I started praying for uh, a building that had 20,000 square feet. I started praying for it. I'm like, God, give us a building, 20,000 square feet. I had, I wasn't even here yet. I had real estate agents uh, here before we moved here looking for 20,000 square foot buildings. Okay. They're like, do you have any money? I'm like, no. <laughs> well, how are you going to pay for it? Jesus. <laughs> and. And so, um, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend that. Okay, if you're looking to buy a house or something, it's like, oh, Jesus is going to pay the bill. <laughs> um, and so, during that process, he's like, nope, twenty thousand is too small. And so, I, okay, thirty thousand. I'm, I'm, I'm praying for thirty thousand square feet. And, and and I remember God's like, nope, too small. It's like what? Forty? Okay, forty thousand. Guys, this is in my journal. God, I'm praying for 40,000 square feet. When we bought this building, this building had 42,000 square feet. Nine years later from that point, God was speaking to Dawn at that same time. And I kid you not, she literally, and she's not, she's not a good artist, okay? She's not a good artist. Um, but she literally drew the front of this building in her prayer journal, and with the cross and everything. Like you can like this is the building that, like he was showing both of us this building nine years before we even, yeah. it become a memorial moment for us with God. That man, God can literally do anything. And talking to uh, m- my real estate buddy um, who helped us get this church, um, he told me a couple weeks ago, he goes, you know, Andrew, uh, you know, this building's worth uh, anywhere between uh, 7 to $8 million. And that took me back to another memorial marker for Don and I. And it was the first year, I know I'm going out of order, but bear with me. It was the first year that we were here, and, and there's this young girl at the church who's like, man, you need to talk to my mom. She's got a really, like, high gift of prophecy, and she really wants to pray over you guys. And let me just be honest with you. When I hear that, like, a red flag goes up, okay? Um, because with, with people who say they have the gift of prophecy, you actually don't know if they're right unless it comes true, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? And. and it's really easy to tell somebody someone. It's, but it's not easy to actually speak on behalf of the Holy Spirit, right? And this lady, I'll be honest, this lady has one of the highest gifts of foreknowledge, and it's a rare gift where she can actually see the future. And I remember we're, we're, we're standing with her, and we, she was praying over us, and she was asking God questions, and then she would answer, that she would tell us. And, and um, she goes, okay, let me ask God something. Let me ask him about money. God, are they going to struggle with money? And he, and she said, you'll you will never struggle with money. Money will never be an issue with you. And it's one thing to say to someone who has hundred grand in the bank. It's another to say that to someone who has $7,000 in the bank, right? But you look where God took us from, from day one to today. He took $7,000 and turned it into $7 million. That's... Guys, that's a 1,000x, okay? That's a 1,000-fold blessing. Okay? You need to understand that God can do these things in our life. And, And many times we just need to go back, look through. We need to pause in his presence. We need to take a sila. Stop being so busy. We need to reflect on what God has already done because he wants to do something great in our lives. The last, the last memorial marker that I wasn't going to talk about today, but I was just praying this morning. The Lord's like, you need to bring that one up. You need to talk about that today. And so it would be during the, the pandemic, the whole shutdown. Um, I didn't want to shut down, but the Lord's like, I'm doing something. Okay? So, all right. We'll, we'll shut down. We'll be good neighbors. We don't know what this is, right? And let me just tell you what God was doing in me during that time. Like, I hated it. Okay, And one of the things that I realized Is that I took church for granted I took The gathering The corporate gathering of believers For granted And sometimes you don't know what you have Until it's completely taken away from you And, and, and let me tell you And I know God did many things and, and, and a lot of different people during that time Good, Some good, some bad but it was good for me. And I just remember one Sunday watching myself on a TV and, and I was just angry. I was just so angry. I got on my bike and I just started riding and complaining to God. And uh, God listened to me out and I was just complaining. I'm like, God, this is terrible. This is horrible. Like, what are we doing? You know what I'm saying? And I just remember that still small voice of the Holy Spirit asked me one question and he said, Andrew, are you with me? Are you with me? I'm like course I'm with you. He said, no. Are you with me? And it, it made me take a moment and really look at my life and say, is my life really fully submitted to God, like every area? Because I'm 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 gifted at speaking and I'm gifted at reading the Bible and I'm, I'm gifted at coming up here and and, and and you know teaching a message that's, that's relevant and, and funny and, and I can do that, but that question that, that God was like, "Are you with me?" Real made me like, God, man, there's some areas in my life that I that I just power through and. I just do it on my own, and and I don't rely on you." And so my promise to God coming out of the pandemic, and we were shut down for 11 weeks, and, and coming out of the pandemic was that I would be with Him, that I would speak, what He would want me to speak every Sunday, and that I would focus on prophesying over God's people every Sunday. Now listen, sometimes my messages are literally like birthing labor. Like, I'm, I'm serious. Like, it's just, it's, it's hard, it's a struggle. But when I get up here on Sunday, I know that God has spoken to me to speak to you. And so with that, with that, I'm going to, and I have been, you know, talking about cultural things political things and for some of you it's really uncomfortable right for some of you are like man I've never heard you anybody talk like that like you're actually like bringing names up and you're just like talking about them and you're like calling them out and you're calling out these different things and and look look I never want to be offensive to be offensive okay that that's not why I'm up here right to see how many people I can tick off every Sunday like I do not that that is not my goal at all my goal every week is to get us to think about some things that are happening all around us and what we can do to change it. And, and yes, I'm gonna call out some things, okay? And I'm gonna call out some, some people, okay? Some celebrities and, and, and uh, um, political figures once in a while. But I'm not doing it just to get aroused out of you. I'm doing it because, man, God has called me to expose evil, to expose darkness. And I don't know why, but the Lord's like, you know, look what John the Baptist did, right? He refused to back down from the political power during that time. King Herod was doing some crazy things, and John the Baptist refused. No, he's like, no, you shouldn't be doing that. That is godless. And he didn't care. And yes, he got thrown in jail and then got beheaded. I'm like, Lord... Um, I don't like my head, you know what I mean? At least until I have hair, you know what I'm saying? Like, But like, man, that became a memorial marker in my life that I was gonna lead this church differently. That, that, that Man, I, I'm gonna try my best to get up here and lead us in the direction that God wants to lead us. And listen to me, the first message I preached in this church, in between services, I wept like a baby. I was walking down the hall, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, get prepared. The flood is coming. We haven't seen the flood yet, guys. Okay? I don't even know what the flood is. Okay? I don't know if it's people. I don't know if it's God's presence. I don't know if it's a literal flood, and we should be building boats. I don't know. Like, But I just know the best is yet to come for this church and for this, the people, and that, that we're going to take more ground this next year in 2022 than we've ever seen. That, that man, God is going to do greater things than we've ever seen in this next year. We just get obedient. We stay faithful. We take time to pause and reflect in God's presence before we step into the fight, before we step into the promised land. Because the whole point is that we keep the promises of God, that we don't lose them, but we keep them. Come on, let's be that refuge. Be that refuge of the crossover today. Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes this morning. Maybe you'd say, first things first, Pastor. I need to say yes to Jesus. I've been caught up in the things of this world and... Maybe you need to recommit your life to Jesus or maybe for the very first time you need to make that commitment to Christ. Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. This is your personal declaration of faith. This is gonna become a memorial marker for you this morning. If that's you, just slip up a hand. I just wanna pray with you today. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Yep, you can just put it down. Thank you, God. And I would just ask this morning that we'd all repeat this prayer as we help those making the greatest decision of their life today. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross. And I ask this morning that you would forgive me of all my sins. That you would come into my life and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give them a hand clap today. Heaven is rejoicing.